0: Um, so if, you know, there, I will say this before we talk about a couple other guys, there's a break in this conversation here for me. You got Gruden at the top. Okay. You want to call Jimbo Fisher or Gary Patterson and throw a bunch of money at him. That's fine. I, I will say I would put Justin Fuente in that group. I just don't think he's leaving Virginia tech to come to Tennessee. I, I spent six years living up there and I just don't, I don't see that. Uh, I think Justin Fuente is a great coach. Virginia tech fans are mad at him today because he can't stop the triple option. But I, I would love to have Justin Fuente, but I don't think he's coming. So to me, there's Gruden. There's that list that I don't think is, is any of those guys are coming. I would be really happy with Mullen. I would be just totally enamored with Scott Frost. There's a break here uh, after that. And you can't make these things pass fail. This is what we were talking about with with earlier about Gruden's specter. Um, you can't make it to say, well, only Dan Mullen and Scott Frost and John Gruden can win at Tennessee, because I don't think that's the case. But if we're looking at resumes and we're talking about candidates and that sort of stuff, to me, there is a break between Mullen, Frost, and then this next group of guys that we're going to talk about. And, and y'all feel free to disagree or, or whatever. So in terms of, again, we're trying to talk about folks we think are, uh, are uh, likely, folks that we think Tennessee will, will reach out to and have interest in. In that same kind of up-and-comer rank, you've got Mike Norville, who is at Memphis right now. Um, Memphis playing really good football when they're not playing Central Florida. Uh, and and he obviously, kind of like Mississippi State, except worse, any long-term Tennessee fan knows how bad Memphis was as a program until Fuente. Um, and then he's been the coach, uh, Norville, there for two years. One thing about him, aside from scoring points and, and all that stuff, and he seems... Uh, I read a good piece this week on him... Uh, at a quarterback club in in Memphis where he seems to really uh, folks really seem to like him down there. He seems to have a good personality, but the, uh, when we're talking about Butch Jones, not knowing how to, to deal with five-star athletes, uh, Norville, his whole coaching career is central Arkansas Tulsa one year at Pittsburgh, Arizona state and Memphis. So he seems like a cultural fit because he's in the state of Tennessee currently, but he's got no experience in, the kind of program that Tennessee is as an assistant coach or a head coach. So um, I think this guy is smart. One thing that's weird too, Mike Norville is two days older than me. Like that is that is that is a weird phenomenon uh, for for me. If you're listening to this and you are younger than 36, maybe it's not, but that's, that's really strange to think about for me.
1: That starts um, happening more and more as you get older. You get used to it. <laughs>
0: I can still look up to Scott Frost. Scott Frost (laughs) can be my cool big brother. Uh, But, you know, uh, Norval, not so much. So, uh, again, I don't, I don't, I think this guy's a really good offensive mind. I think what they're doing this year is really strong. I think the guy is probably a pretty good football coach. Is he ready to be the coach at Tennessee? This to me, there's a break in this list here, is, is why I say that. Brad, I'll bounce to you. Give me your thoughts on Mike Norval.
2: Well, We're going to talk about a guy in a little bit that I would definitely put on the list as far as we know my 1A and 1B are Gruden and Frost, and my 2A is Mullen, and my 2B is another guy that we haven't mentioned yet, but we'll get to him. But as far as um, Norval goes, I mean, I like Norval. I think Norval's fine. I think he would be a good hire for Tennessee. He's not at the top of my list, and I don't think he's at the top of any of our lists, but... You know, I think that he's got some some complex offensive. Um, um, I think he's got I think he's got a really good offensive mind. He's got some you know complex schemes that I think would translate well at Tennessee. But you know, there I'm I would be concerned about his defensive acumen. To me, he would need to go get somebody who would be. You know, a dynamic defensive coordinator, somebody that could really hold down that side of the ball because he's just never really had any experience doing that. And as you said, he's not really had a lot of experience doing anything. He's 36 years old. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's two years younger than I am. So, (laughs) you know, that just makes me feel like, you know, do I, what, how, how would I, I mean, I I feel like I know a lot about football. I don't want to coach Tennessee. They would, they would crucify (laughs) me. I mean, they would kill me. Our fans are, or terrible, I mean, you know, they're, so I, I, don't, I don't, I wouldn't want that. Can he handle that? And and I don't really know that he can, you know, I, I had a conversation with, you know, I'm not trying to name drop anybody, especially what, why would I name drop this guy to Tennessee's fan base? But my good friend, Travis Haney, and you know, Travis was, <laughs> was talking about having a conversation with Justin Fuente, as you said um, in the off season, he wasn't talking about the Tennessee job. He was talking about sec in general and Fuente said, you know, and, and was he just talking to a reporter or whatever? You know, he just said, I'm perfectly content where I am. He, he's not a spotlight guy. So, you know, would he really want the, the, you know, the all of the craziness that comes with coaching in the sec. And as far as um, Norval goes, Haney was like, man, as far as just being a great dude, Tennessee fans would absolutely love Norval. He'd, dealt with Norval a lot and thought that Norval was, you know, just a genuinely great guy. And, you know, my answer to that was so is Buzz Peterson and he was not a great basketball coach. So, you know, I, I think that there are some question marks um, with just what kind of experience, as you said, Norval has had. I mean, but, you know, I think that he's a coach with a, with a really good upside, with a really high ceiling, but um, you know, there's also that, you know, there's also that boomer bust factor and, 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 you know, we need to talk about that. And I think that 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 really, you know, when, when you're t- when you're talking about the kind of job that he would really, you know, be a fit for right now. I, I you know, I, I think Tennessee, and this is not a knock on those other two programs, but I, I think Tennessee should really aim a little higher right now. And I think that he would be a phenomenal fit at a place like Ole Miss, which is right there and close. So, you know, he can recruit the same areas he recruited, at Memphis, to an extent, he can recruit the same type of athlete. And then he, he also, he's he's from Arkansas. So, I mean, that Arkansas job's likely going to come open, and he would be a really good fit up there. So, yeah, I think that that's a couple of of areas that he, you know, a couple of jobs that he may be a little bit um, more cut out to take at this point of his young and growing career than, than Tennessee. I mean, I would, I think that Tennessee should, should maybe go get a little bit more established guy. But but I like Norvell. I would be fine with Norvell if Tennessee were to ultimately go in that direction. And I think that, you know, with some right coaching hires, he could do well here.
1: Joel, anything to add on him? You know, I don't know a ton about him. Um, I You know, you guys keep saying about how young he is, but he does have a nice head of gray hair. I mean, it's a crown of splendor coaching. for that guy. Yes. It's coaching. He looks a lot older, so, you know, that doesn't matter. But um, the one point I wanted to say was um, when we start talking about some of these uh, other guys, you know, we're going to hear a lot of good things. You know, this is a great guy. Everybody loves him. All this stuff. Right. But everybody loves a winner and we're not talking about anybody who's losing, you know. So we have to sort of keep that in mind as we start talking about these guys. Everybody's in love with Scott Frost for good reason um but also um they won't if he starts losing you know um norville though um you got to give him credit for what he's done over there at memphis uh rather ferguson um you know he transferred out of here because he didn't think he you know had a had a shot um i guess and uh he's done a really good job over there with him um he does check the box of us uh, wanting to binge on a little offense because we're real hungry for it right now. Um, so I you know, I think he's a guy that we could fall in love with uh, but it's going to take some time and you know, I I don't want to give any more time. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you I'm, winning, to... man. I'm getting yeah. old. I need to start <laughs> winning again. Right. How many That's more right. years do I have? <laughs>
0: So on the, again, this is just me. I'm just one guy feel free to move him around on the same level though. They're not really at the same kind of school, but um, I would put Willie Taggart in this tier. Uh, Willie Taggart is at, (laughs) Willie Taggart is at Oregon. We'll let Brad speak to him for a second. Uh, Willie Taggart is, was a Western Kentucky for lifer there played there and then took Western Kentucky from two and 10 his first year to -to back-to-back bowl games Then he went to South Florida, same thing, two and 10 in the first year, then four and eight, then eight and five, then 11 and two, and ranked in the top 20 last year. Took the Oregon job just last year. He's five and five at Oregon right now, two and five in the Pac 12. They've been close in some games. Um, So right away, you've got a question of is this guy going to leave Oregon after one year to get back to this part of the world? Um, In the gray hair department, Willie Taggart is 41 years old. Brad, I'm just going to throw it to you because you seem ready to go on, Willie Taggart
2: i love willie taggart i think that willie taggart you know wanted the tennessee job back when um when tennessee hired butch i liked him then i didn't like him as much as i like him now and i think that if anybody looks and i'm not trying to say you did will so I'm, you know take take that no, out of your no, you're good. But I think, if it, I think if anybody's saying looking at his five and five record at oregon this year and thinking that that's a, a deterrent this was a four and one football team until justin herbert broke his leg or whatever it was that he heard and was out for the year. I mean, that was their starting quarterback. They were rolling. I mean, they were going and they had played some, you know, some questionable competition at the beginning of the year, like always, but you know, like, you know, a lot of those PAC 12 schools do, but the Taggart was going to turn that team around just, you know, because he had free, he has Freeman and Freeman's one of the best Royce Freeman's one of the best running backs in the country. But, he he really had done a good job with Herbert their defense was a little bit better early in the year number 1 because they were controlling the football a little bit better because Taggart is such a brilliant offensive mind and a great developer of running backs but number 2 is because when he went out to the to the west coast a place that he had not you know coached at since he was um since he was an assistant under Harbaugh at Stanford you know what the the, the smart thing is you know who do I know out here who I can go get that's going to help me build this defense? And he immediately went to Jim Levitt, who was a, a former coach at South Florida that he had sought some advice from when he took that job down there. And Levitt was, you know, as as a lot of people know, the defensive coordinator at Colorado under Mike McIntyre when McIntyre has built Colorado up and they had just made it to the Pac twelve championship game. So he goes and they they buy they buy Levitt and, you know, and so Levitt is a is a, a, a guy a lot of us down here know who is, you know, one of the best defensive coordinators, in my opinion, in the country. So, you know, you, you not only get those two guys if you get him most likely, but you also get Mario Cristobal, who's offensive coordinator there and was a, you know, one of the best offensive line coaches in the country when he was Alabama's offensive line coach. And he's also a great recruiter who is helping Taggart Land you know some ridiculous players up there. So you got a recruiting element, you've got a running back um, development element, you've got some, you know, a pretty good offensive acumen. You've got a program, you've got a program builder in Taggart. And the thing that I like most of all about Willie Taggart is his intensity. You know, I think that he would consider leaving Oregon. I have on some pretty good authority that he that he would leave Oregon because just because, you know, I think that he's not a real cultural fit there. I think that he's, he's an intense guy. He's a competitor. You know, Levitt is the same way. Everybody knows it's kind of laid back in Oregon. They, they like to, they like to, you know, be laid back up there a little bit more than we do down here. But, um, you know, the, I, I think that, that Taggart maybe is not, you know, the best fit for that program. And, and, yeah, you know, I think that he would love to get back down south, and he's built some really good recruiting, um, some you know rec- some really good recruiting areas and relationships in Florida. So, you know, that would help Tennessee as well. So, I, I I like Taggart. I think that he's got, I think he's got a really underrated resume. You know, he's he's coached for some for some good coaches. He's you know, if, if you look at at his coaching record, it, it's it's definitely not the most exciting thing that you've seen, until you look and, and remember that, you know, he played at Western Kentucky as you said. He brought them into FBS, you know, and, and so he he helped make that that um that transition easier. And then you you know the Petrino and and Brom took his talent and and continued to win eleven twelve games a year, and then you know he 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 turned South Florida from a nothing program that really struggled after, you know, skip Holtz tore them down to, to, you know, being a, a, an eight and then 11 win team or 12 win team. So, you know, he, he's got some coaching chops. I don't think that Tennessee would look at his record and be thrilled, but if you look beyond his record and kind of, you know, at the things that he's done well, I think that there's a lot of upside to hiring him. And that's the reason why he would be on that tier two, right next to Mullen on my list.
0: I think the things he's done at Oregon are, it's kind of what you expect a first year coach to do. He had a close, it, b- before the injury, he had a close win over Nebraska. He had a two point loss at Arizona state, but they were four and one. And then three of the four teams that have beat him since then were Leach and uh, Stanford and Washington that are all three of those were top 20 teams when they played them. He's, those teams are supposed to beat Oregon this year. Sure. Um, and, and we're able to do that. Their offense again, has struggled with the injury He also lost to UCLA. They're they're gonna, they've got Arizona and Oregon State left. They can get bowl eligible. Uh, That would be interesting to see. I I would put, I just think, I think the argument for Dan Mullen is significantly stronger than the argument for Willie Taggart. So I would, I would put a break there uh, between them. Uh, But again, I I think, um, I think that's someone you could get. I think that's someone that would be interested in this job. Uh, And, and again, if that, if he represented a floor, that's if Scott Frost is not at Florida, then I I would feel much better about um, that being the hire that Tennessee ended up making if that's how it went. Um, th- again, not to not to make this hour three of the Scott Frost podcast, but that uh, that just makes a big difference. If we hire Taggart and they hire Frost, then I'm not going to feel warm and fuzzy uh, about that on the uh, on the inside. Um, Joel, any thoughts on Willie Taggart at Oregon?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm I'm more with you. Um, I I'll keep an open mind. I'll look beyond the record, but uh, there's no real thrill uh, right now. Looking at this uh, taxonomy thing that I put together, he doesn't fit in any category, including, I mean, proven winner, level four, mid-major champion. He tied for first uh, at uh, South Florida, but, I mean, his, his record, Western Kentucky, 2-10, and 7-5, 7-6. and, five, seven and six. South Florida, two and ten, four and eight, eight and five, and then eleven and two, and now Oregon, five and five. So, you know, it looks to me like he's sort of the, you know, we we talk about the flavor of the month. He 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 leveraged a flavor of the month season into a big job at Oregon. So it's not to say he can't do it, but when we start making excuses like, well, you know, he's played, he's only lost to teams he should have lost to, yeah, you know, we we've been there, you know.
2: Yeah with an injured quarterback um, though.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and and I think that's credit. And again to those brad's those mis- point, when you're sorry, that, go th- ahead, th- those mistakes again. I mean, if we're going to uh you know spend 2 and 3 years uh nitpicking Butch Jones's every mistake, we have to apply the same standard to the candidates, I think. You know, just i
2: Agree, but know. I mean, I also think that when you a guy like, you know, when a guy takes a program from FCS to FBS, you have to kind of have a built in understanding that that first year is going to be pretty ugly. I mean,
1: yeah. And that didn't
2: have you, you have USF. I mean, yeah, the two and 10, I mean, there's not really a lot to not really a leg to stand on there, but I don't know. I just, I, I like Taggart. I I think, I mean, I've, I've liked him for a while. So,
1: yeah. Well, like I said, I, I could fall in love with him, you know, uh, it's just sure. right now what I know on, know on him. Um, it's just, you know, I, I'm not there yet. That's all. Yeah.
0: I have some what? Dave Clawson. <laughs> I have some Dave Clawson fear of, of seeing two and 10, four and eight, eight and five, 11 and one, because at Tennessee, you, you just don't, you don't have that long um, yeah. folks. You know, we've been patient for a decade with only a, you know, really a, a year and a half of payoff and really, not a year and a half. The first half of 15 and the second half of 16 were no fun. So it's really only from the the second quarter of the Georgia game in 2015 through the end of regulation against Texas A&M in 2016 when we really felt like we were, you know, doing doing something really good again. So you know, that's that's really one year out of the last 10 years where you can feel strong about that. So um, again, I I think uh, I think he's a, a good coach. I think he could do um, fairly well here i think he would i think he would win the press conference after it started um but i I think uh in terms of exciting the fan base right away that sort of stuff and especially again not to belabor this but if florida knocks it out of the park um he's he's more like a double um to me uh and that's good look you need runners on base i get that like that's 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 good but um <laughs> uh, I, I I hope what I hope here too is that Tennessee is not going to, if we're talking about him as two B, that I hope we don't have to get to two B. Um, and and you know, I, if Tennessee can't get Dan Mullen out of Mississippi State, that's that's going to be very frustrating to me uh, if it has to go beyond that. As we were kind of mentioning that earlier, um, two two other names just randomly, and then I'll throw it over to you guys if there are any other names you want to talk about. I don't think we've actually said the name Chip Kelly here on this podcast, but I, I Chip Kelly's not coming here. That guy's not a good fit here. Uh you got NCAA issues. He's on that phone call list, but I don't think he's coming here. Look, when we talk about fit, you, at Tennessee, you, you gotta picture these guys standing next to Farmer Charlie in a television commercial that chip chip kelly is not i I just don't see that i have never seen that i don't think that's i just don't think that's in the realistic realm of possibilities if i'm wrong hey let's go score a bunch of points and wear cool uniforms but like i i just don't um that's why i have not i I just don't include him in that kind of realm um anyone want a quick thought on chip kelly before we move on to something else anybody want to disagree no cosign
2: well i mean i you know i don't know i i Kind of halfway, co-sign I guess. I mean, Paul Feinbaum. You know, he said he thought that that he'd heard what was it on the SEC morning show or whatever a couple of weeks ago that Chip Kelly said that he would he had, didn't have any interest in Florida or Texas A&M that Tennessee would be the only SEC school he'd have interest in. I, I don't know how much of that I buy in or how much of it's just Feinbaum. You know, catering to you know the toothless masses. But I mean, as far as that goes, I, you know. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I probably shouldn't have said that, but. I mean, you know, I like Kelly. I mean, I I think that, you know, it's not like Kelly is. I mean, yeah, he went to the NFL, and, I mean, yeah, we kind of see him as being that West Coast swagger guy. I mean, the guy's from New Hampshire. I mean, you know, he's like – it's not (laughs) like he's – it's not like the guy's, you know, blinging in L.A. with his shades on and his Versace suits. I mean, he would probably be relatable. I think the reason why maybe he's kind of been a little bit of a a jerk to people is because he's – you know, he's, he's, he's just different. I mean, he's just kind of one of those, you know, football junkies that really don't know how to talk to people. I mean, but also I think that he's got enough of a little arrogant prickish thing about him that would make me really like him. So, I mean, you know, I, I I, I mean, I I don't know that, I don't know how realistic he is, but I could sure as heck get behind him. If Tennessee went in that direction.
1: Yeah. If he wins, it wouldn't matter. Uh, he, He probably, but the thing is, the thing that you can get with being sort of a media darling is a little, little extra patience and a little extra time, which you might need.
2: Sure.
0: Uh, uh, two things, I think. One, you you're you get Dan Mullen, you're going to get hopefully an appropriate amount of that arrogance. I, I think that will that will show up with him. Um, Two again, we talked about evolving. Chip Kelly kind of got figured out in the NFL, Mm. to me. Um, You you gotta you gotta if you're gonna come here, you gotta evolve. You gotta keep getting better. Is is he still gonna uh, gonna do that? Maybe he would. Uh, Again, I'm Chip Kelly would be the best hire Tennessee made on paper in a long time. And and I want to close at that point. We'll come back to the best hire since whatever. But um, I just I just don't think he's coming here. So that's why we haven't spent time on that. I don't think he's a good fit. Someone else who's not coming here is less miles, but I think it's uh, less miles would not be my first, second or third choice, but it's fascinating to me that like, he's not VolQuest 24 seven. They don't have him on their boards. Like, it just seems like no one is considering that as a possibility. And I think that's crazy because if Gruden says no and frost says no, and miss and Mullen says no, um, at some point in this line, like, I- I'm not sure that Norval or Taggart are better hires for the short-term future of Tennessee football than Les Miles would be. Everyone that laments we can't no one gets a power five guy. Only three of the last 35 hires in the SEC have been from power five schools. We need a proven winner, whatever. Les Miles is all of those things and available b- buyout free for probably close to what you're already paying Butch Jones. Um I, I look. I don't think Les Miles is winning a national championship at Tennessee. And when we talk about needing to evolve, good grief, he certainly needs to do that. But I mean, let's also <laughs> not pretend that let's not pretend that LSU wasn't number one in the country midway through the year, the, the last full season that he coached there. Um, recruiting, all all that other stuff. I, I just think the the other thing with Les Miles, the thing you have to do if you're a Tennessee fan, the thing I have to do is stop pretending that Tennessee's only one step away from winning a national championship because we're not. We we are more than one step away from that. So I don't think Les Miles is going to take you all the way. But if 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 this thing goes sideways and you don't get the guys you want to get, how far down the list do you have to go before it would make sense to pick up the phone and call Les Miles and say, hey, I mean, say to the fan base, you want to sign up for four or five years of Les Miles where instead of winning eight, we're winning nine or 10? And then, you know, then we can go through trying to figure out if he's the guy or whatever. I just think, I think he could get you to the next step in the process, and if you get turned down by enough of these guys at the top, I think it would start making a whole lot of sense to to call him. But I mean, I'm I'm, Brad. Have you had any conversation with anyone other than me about Les Miles in Tennessee?
2: No, not really. I mean, and that's you know, like you said, I mean, it, it is a little bit baffling. I don't know what is. I don't know if you know he was kind of always known as just being kind of the 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 crazy drunk uncle at LSU. I mean, you know, right. it's like. Can we go? Can we? Can we go from a Butch Jones press conference to a Les Miles press conference and not have people just, in, you know, jumping off, you know, the, the bridges on mines? I mean, I, I don't. I'm not making a lot of suicide or anything like that. So apologize for that. But anyway, I mean, I just think that it's, you know, can we deal with that? I mean, can we deal with him? Can we? Can we listen to, you know, his 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 post game philosophical discussions and not want to just strangle him after the Butch Jones era. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't really want to, I want, I don't really want to go down that path. I mean, I'm just tired, I'm tired of having to, to stand up for, you know, coach speak. And even though I think that less is the complete opposite of coach speak, I don't know that I want to decipher his, you know, his, 7,000 word answers that make no sense. So I, I don't know. I mean, also, I, I, I love the fullback and man, Les Miles loves him some fullback, but if it means bringing Cam Cameron with him. I don't even want to, I don't even want to consider Les Miles. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I would agree <laughs> with that. Um, I just think like that, that is a question John Curry needs to ask himself is if you get through your first, at least your first three choices and you get told no by the Jimbo Fisher, Gary Patterson, Chip Kelly list, then you have to decide, do I want to take a chance on someone like Norville that's unproven and younger that could take me all the way to the top or could, you know, spiral out quickly, or do I want to make what will be perceived as a safer hire? It's, I mean, look, this is the hire we made in basketball. Um, right. And you, you had a slightly different situation because of the whole turnover there with Donnie Tindall only being here a year, but, you know, Les Miles is Rick Barnes. Um, so, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, I like Rick Barnes. Uh, If, if Tennessee, if, if less miles is the worst you can do, that's the real point to me. If the worst you're going to do is less miles, we're going to do. Okay. I just, we would have some disagreement about how many people tell, you no before you get to that point. But look, if you're a Tennessee fan that's saying I would never, ever want him here, absolutely not get him out. Like, have you been paying attention the last 10 years? Like we're we're not, you you don't get to just pretend like we would say no, absolutely no to less miles after having been through what we've been through the last 10 years. So um, anyway, that's my, that's my, he's not coming here. That's not going to happen. I just find that interesting. Uh, his you'd complete t- lack of presence in conversation.
2: You'd pick last miles over Willie Tiger, wouldn't you, Will? I would think long <laughs> and hard about it. I really would.
0: I really would. Uh, I, I, it would make me sit down and and, and write 10,000 words and try to see how I really felt. Because ultimately, Therapy. I, I, Therapy. I don't I don't think he's winning big here. But I think he can get us to the next place. Um, so you know, there, there's. I feel like we would just be having the next place version of a lot of the same conversations we had about Butch Jones, though, too. So it's just kind of, that's that's there. So
1: using that uh, same that same logic, how how far do you go down that path before you end up at Philip Fulmer?
0: I I don't think. I mean, too many bit. years gone by. Um, it would be my. I, I, Fulmer's pushing seventy, right? He's seventy. Um, no, push pushing seventy. Pu- like I don't. He doesn't know even have I've as heard. much
1: gray hair as Norval. I mean, if you're going by gray hair.
0: <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I th- and 52. I'm fifty-two. I'm not
1: saying what do you 67. think about Philip Fulmer. I'm I'm saying, right. under that logic, you know, who's, you know, can you end up with a worse hire than you would be in? if you just went back to Fulmer and said, let's pretend the last 10 years didn't happen, you know?
2: He could be our, he could be our Bill Snyder. That's well, and you know,
0: John Curry. I
2: I know, but there's no, I mean, surely Curry. I mean, with their history, man, that would be, that would be some headline
0: news. And when you hire somebody, you have to think about what it would be like to fire them. So, you know, (laughs) you hire Phil and he goes five and six, six and six. Seven. Just, I mean, it's just not.
1: You just go yeah, on vacation. You have Mike Hamilton come back as the interim. She, I have <laughs> all the answers.
2: Probably, Wilmer probably knows some places in Franklin County where he could bury John Curry.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Any, we've we've got an actual press conference happening here uh, 10
0: minutes from when we're recording this. Um, any other names you guys want to mention real quick? Any other realistic possibility, folks, you feel like are, are worth uh, throwing out here?
1: I don't have any at this point. We have, uh, thanks to Brad, who's written like uh, half yes. a novel on, <laughs> on every coach that ever lived. We're, we're posting like 20 posts uh, with a whole bunch of names. Uh, frankly, I'm, I'm hoping that we don't have to get to some of those names you know uh but you know if we're We're
2: still mcintosh i'm gonna be angry
1: (laughs) if we're still talking in a in a month you know we'll start talking about those names i think
0: yeah it's we joked before we went on the air that again if you're if you're familiar with our site the three of us have been doing this a long time and we had one of these podcasts uh when tennessee ultimately hired Derek dooley and when we were going through a list of names someone mentioned Derek dooley and i said in the podcast who is Derek dooley And then Tennessee hired him like three days later. So, uh, you know, hopefully it does not get to get to that point uh, in time. But um, we'll see. Last question before we go. We're we're look this. This year has been no fun. And yesterday was awful. And Tennessee looks really bad. And they have very real offensive line issues. But we're still pretty certain that Tennessee is going to make a better hire. Not just a better hire than Butch Jones and Derek Dooley. But I feel like they've got the opportunity to make a hire that is the best on paper hire they've made since Johnny Majors. I mean, Dan, look, Dan Mullen has a better resume than Butch Jones, Derek Dooley, Lane Kiffin, and Philip Fulmer, who, you know, when he was hired, was just an offensive coordinator. So, I mean, even if you just get Dan Mullen, that's that's the best on paper hire that you've made since you hired Johnny Majors. So, I, I feel like, I feel confident, and this is the thing that's helped me the last three or four weeks here when this has just kind of gone on and on is. Tennessee has put themselves in position or seems to be putting themselves in position to make a, a really good hire, whether that's this guy or this guy or, or this guy, is that, is that relentless optimism, too much optimism, Joel, you first, and then Brad will let you close.
1: I think that's right. Actually. Um, you know, uh, even if, at some point, Butch Jones is going to get credit for what he's actually done here. Um, I, I know it's ending badly and everybody is, is not giving him the benefit of the doubt uh, for anything right now. But when we look back on it, I think we're going to find out that he's actually done some good things here. And if the only thing that he did was to put us, put us in a position where we can make a better hire five years later than we did before, I think that's something positive, you know? And, and at the very worst case scenario, if, if there's anybody out there who believes that, uh, you know, Butch Jones may have been able to, to do something if he had more time, if he, if he didn't have the injuries, you know, whatever, um, Even if we hire somebody that's only just a little bit better, the fact that he's building on a more solid foundation than Jones was uh, when he uh, got here and is able to start new and fresh, I think we're going to be better off no matter what.
0: And I think too, you've got, uh, I'm not going to say what this is because folks need to pay to subscribe to 24 seven, but already when you're starting to see sort of early names come out here, when folks like Grant Ramey are are reporting early names there that that have reached out or expressed interest, they're names that we've already talked about on this podcast. So, you know, it'd be interesting to go back and look at and see the, the sort of first wave attention names the last times we've had these openings, but Look, if if you've got some of these guys we've talked about here already reaching out to Tennessee to express some interest, those kinds of things, then yes, I think we're going to be fine. I think Tennessee is going to end up making uh, making the hire, making a hire that everybody can can feel good about as at least an upgrade, and hopefully a hire that everybody can feel good about walking to the podium. I'm yep. fully prepared to defend if this hire is Dan Mullen, and you don't feel good about him walking to the podium, like. That's a good football coach, man. Like, like I'm fully prepared to to defend him. I love Scott Frost, but I, I'd be really happy with Dan Mullen uh, as well. Brad, I'll let you have the last word here. That you're you're how confident are you that Tennessee is going to be in a better place here this time around?
2: Well, there has been some very real dysfunction in the movers and shakers that, for better or worse, run Tennessee for a lot of years. That's not that's not rumor. That's not lip service. That's not speculation. That's not social media buzz. That's the truth. There has been a power struggle that it, it manifested itself in the athletic director search. It, it It it's hopefully gotten to the point where some of the people that make the decisions are galvanized in wanting Tennessee to become relevant again because they are finally seeing what the infighting has done to our program over the past few years. And that's and just the fact that it has gotten so bad over the last few years has given me hope that that, you know, they they finally see the urgency in, in making, uh, you know, a really good hire and realizing that, you know, I mean, we have the best fans. I mean, we've got some crazy fans, but we have the best fans in the country. I mean, to be in the state that we're in right now as a program, but yet put 95,000 people in the stands last weekend. For homecoming, I mean, that's you know that that makes me proud to to be of all and makes me proud to to, you know, write about this team, no matter how good or bad or dysfunctional things are. So, you know, I, I I really hope that, you know, the powers that be reward this great fan base for what we've suffered through over the years. And I think that if you're going to go out and spend $350 million on renovating your stadium, that you've got to put a great product in it. And so I, I, I really feel like that this time around Tennessee has you know, understands the importance of it and the the thing that we can all be thrilled with right now is that two guys that are very much in in the decision making process this time around and Philip Fulmer and Peyton Manning are two people that absolutely have no interest in this whatsoever whatsoever other than Tennessee's football team being great again and and that gives me hope is that if, if you've got all these guys up there all these you know board of trustees members or whatever or, or you know John Curry kind of being new to the game but having been there before you know that those guys you don't know what their vested interests are well um, and and even from an academic standpoint hey I want my school to be academically well known too I mean I graduated from that school but the bottom line is, is that look at how much better of a school Alabama has become in part since Nick Saban's been there, because you've just got people that want to go there. Their entire athletic department has excelled because of of, of Saban being at that football program. And I hate Nick Saban and I hate Alabama, but it's very easy to see that. So, you know, I think that, that, that a guy like Philip Fulmer and a guy like Peyton Manning being involved in this process um is pretty much guarantees and assures us as fans, reassures us as fans that they're going to be involved in trying to make the best possible hire for Tennessee. So I am very optimistic and I I will be until I have reason not to be. I really think that Tennessee is going to swing for the fences this time around. And if they, you know, don't hit a home run with a Gruden or a Frost, I think that, you know, they're going to get a guy that, you know that 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 could ultimately be successful so i really i like the the four or five guys that i feel like are the top guys on list the guys that we've spoken about and if it you know if it doesn't go beyond that i think that we're going to get a a definitive upgrade from what we've had um since former left
0: all right you we've got a press conference going live here in about five minutes uh our whole site obviously will be following there's uh profiles of all of these guys we've talked about and like Derek Dooley four years ago, probably some guys you haven't heard of, uh, that are up there as well. They're probably uh, going to announce following... the
1: coach now that we spent 90 minutes talking about who it might be.
0: Well, listen, <laughs> if if they're announcing a coach today, that's good news. So I'll, I'll be happy to have wasted two hours here to get that kind of good news. But, um, again, as we always like to say, we we've been, uh, I started at Rocky top talk right after we hired Lane Kiffin. I know Brad was at third Saturday in blogtober back then, uh, we we've been doing this a long time, and so we appreciate your your listening with us. Uh, hopefully, we are helping you and you're helping us get through what's been a, a a tough decade for everybody here. But again, I think that's the right point to close on is that regardless of how you feel about Butch Jones or or how things have been this year or whatever, Tennessee is in position to take a step forward and and be a better program than they've been in a long time. And so we hope to cover that kind of process and that kind of hire. So uh, again, all kinds of great stuff on gamedayonrockytop.com For Brad Shepard and Joel Hollingsworth I'm Will Shelton, and this has been the, the Game Day on Rocky Top podcast
2: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere
1: This is your captain speaking uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky